Reality is, you get the cards you get, I get the cards I get, he gets the cards he gets, and what we do with it is what really speaks. Yeah, it really doesn't matter what cards I'm dealt, I'm still gonna fucking win. And that's how I feel, so. And uh, he stabbed me here, 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 and then once in the back. I had 160 stitches in my face. The Ferrari story is because my dad was a painter, so he took me to Beverly Hills yeah. to the mansions, and, yeah. uh, and that's where I saw the red Ferrari, and I told him I need that, and he yeah. said, it's not for us. Yeah. You know, we're, we're Mexican, it's not yeah. for you. We need to work, if you work hard and you never quit, you never quit or you're, you might have a chance. And I said, cool, that got me really started. Dude, that's the same story happened to me. Bro, that happened to me when I was eight years old, the same fucking thing, with a fucking Lamborghini though. CEOs, when they say millennials are lazy, what they're really saying is, uh, they don't have patience. I mean, we're, we're growing like crazy. I mean, that's why we had to build this building. Yeah. Because we're just, we're, we're growing and growing and growing. But man, my goal is not to be the best uh, nutrition company. You know, my goal is to be the best company. So I'm here with Andy Priscilla, really excited for this. You know, it's, it's an honor to be in front of you, and one of the things that I want to tell you is, I like how real you are. I've seen just the last few years how you took off. Thank you, brother. It goes both ways, man. Uh, appreciate you making the trip out here, too, to see us. This is uh, going to be a good show. I would say right, just regular. I wouldn't say poor or rich. Um, it wasn't, you know, I never felt poor, but I mean, looking back to what I think poor is now, I mean, we, we, we I don't want to say poor, but like, yeah. I would say middle class, you know what I'm saying? Like we struggled for things and uh, my dad and my parent, my mom uh, divorced when I was five years old. And um, you know, I, we didn't grow up with like, you know, all the newest stuff. Like I remember going to school and, and never having the cool stuff until the year after it was cool, yeah. you know, and then getting made fun of. I mean, that's kind of like what we were, but we were also uh, growing up at a time where my dad was growing his business, you know, and as you know, and a lot of the guys listening and women listening right now, um, you know, when you're growing your business, you're not making a lot of money, usually, right. you know? So uh, we grew up in that time where he was really struggling. And so I got to, <coughs> oh, excuse me. I got to witness that. Yeah. 
um, I got to witness him uh, go through that process of, of struggle. And so, you know, uh, well, we grew up doing all the stuff little kids do. Uh, well, as an entrepreneur, I did all the things I think that, that most little entrepreneurs do. Uh, you know, I, I sold Kool-Aid, snow cones, baseball cards. I'm getting back into baseball cards now, um, which is weird. But, uh, you know, and, and just always trying to, to, to hustle and make a couple bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was always interested in the game, and I knew I always wanted to be successful. Um, so I, I just did all that. And then, you know, I went into school. When I got older, I, I became a pretty good athlete and learned a lot about myself through athletics. Yeah, were you always this uh, high-energy level guy? Uh, actually, man, I'm pretty lazy, to be honest. Um, the, the way I got to, to be, because uh, like right now, I think most people identify me as like a, a, in the mental toughness game and the, and the, 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 the mentality aspect of, of yeah. entrepreneurship. And, you know, by nature, I'm super lazy. So it's, that's not something that I came about naturally. I had to develop a system to become that. Yeah. And uh, it's still a struggle for me every day. You know, every day uh, I still have to usually at least once or twice force myself to do what I need to do. Today, I knew that we were going to have this and I knew that I have a board meeting after this and then I have a meeting after that. So I knew I had to get up earlier to get both of my training sessions done. You know, I didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So things like that. Um, but the truth is, is, is uh, I'm, I'm pretty inherently lazy. And, and I, what I did was I had to force myself to become someone yeah. who was disciplined to be effective. And I like it. Absolutely not. And, 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 and nothing could be further from that. And I try to be very open with explaining that to people because I do feel like a big problem in the entrepreneur space is a lot of guys take that um, because I think there's, a, there's, there, there's millions of people out there who have figured out how to get shit done, right? But a lot of guys, they never tell the truth about how they figured it out. And so what they do is instead they say like, well, look at me, I have these superpowers. And that's not helpful to anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember being that guy who was 19, 20, 22 years old, watching all these other guys and thinking, well, how the fuck do they do all this stuff? I don't have those qualities. And it made me feel like I could never be there. And I remember that. I remember how discouraging that was to watch people um, market, which is what it is, right? Market themselves yeah. as these superhuman people. And, uh, you know... I just don't feel like that's the morally right thing to do. I think it's better to tell people the truth and I think it causes more good. Uh, you know, my whole goal was sharing with, you know, the podcast that, that I've done and, and, and the speaking that I've done. It's always to help people understand um, that they can do it too, you know? And, and, and that's always been my goal. My goal has never been like, hey, let's celebrate my success. It's more like, hey, look, I'm a normal fucking dude. Like, and that's the truth. If you follow me around for 
all week, at the end of the week, you would go home and you'd be like, I don't really understand what's special about that guy. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. But I want people to know that because I think that's encouraging to the people who are maybe at the beginning, you know, yeah. the first two or three or four years um, where it's really hard. You know what I mean? You, you don't have anybody believing in you. You don't have any anybody really wanting to buy your stuff. You don't really have anybody wanting to do business with you. And you're second guessing yourself constantly. And you're always looking in the mirror saying, wow, man, I don't know if I have what it takes, you know? And, and I think I choose to try and be one of those people who, who, who shows people that, you know, they do have what it takes. They've just got to keep going. For sure, man. I, I was always fat growing up, and and uh, I I just got that sort of body. Like I'm the kind of person that can put on weight real easy, and so I was always overweight. And I didn't. And I like I said, I was lazy. And when you are your predisposition to being overweight and you're lazy, you know what happens. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I've gone through all the phases. You know, like when I was younger, I always wished I had a different you know, physique or a different, uh, you know, genetic makeup. But eventually I came to terms and I said, no, you don't. And that's the reality. And, and if you, if you want what you think you want, you're going to have to work a lot fucking harder than anybody else. Yeah. And I just, I just, uh, you know, subscribe to that. You know, life isn't fair. We're not all dealt the same cards. We see this in society, right? Like everybody wants to be dealt the same cards. Well, that's not fucking reality. Reality is you get the cards you get, I get the cards I get, he gets the cards he gets. And what we do with it is what really speaks. And so while you may get a, a better or worse hand than I get, it's irrelevant. Yeah. It's what are you going to make it into? And as and, and soon as I started to adopt that mindset, things changed for me. You know what I mean? Where I got to the point where I'm like, yeah, it really doesn't matter what cards I'm dealt, I'm still going to fucking win. And that's how I feel. So...
it was three years into our into our retail company, which was our first real company. The the vitamin superstores. Super yeah. And um, you know, I I got I got stabbed in the face, basically, to make a long story short. Uh, but you weren't doing anything wrong though. You were actually doing something good at it. Yeah, yeah. My the the girl that I was with, um, she was uh, she was Mexican and but she was really dark and the guy yelled out his car window, uh, hey, you know, where'd you get your N-word girlfriend, you know, and, and it didn't go well from there. Um, and then, you know, he had a knife and I didn't, and, and it, it ended up pretty bad for me. Uh, so basically what had happened was I was sticking up for, for one of my really good friends um, and ended up, you know, changed my whole entire life in, in, uh, in about two minutes time because it happened like that fast. And uh, he stabbed me here, 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 and then once in the back. I had 160 stitches in my face. Um, got to total paralysis on this side of my face now, still to this day. Uh, the last thing I remember in the, in the ambulance was uh, the, the EMT radioing in saying, I can't stop the bleeding, I don't, I don't know what to do, it won't stop. And then I passed out. So I thought I was going to die for sure. Yeah. And uh, I woke up in the hospital, um, you know, got stitched up, got taken care of, and, uh, and, and you know, went home and the next morning. And, I mean, my face was swelled up like this big for, like, over a year because wow. of how bad the trauma was. Um, this, this cut here, I could stick my finger through. Like, it went all the way through into my mouth. And I, I had stitches in my gums from the, where the knife was. And so it was, it was pretty bad. Uh, really screwed up my face real bad. Um, you know, I, I was only t 23 years old when it happened. We had just started our business. I'm in retail. Uh, you know, I had people coming in to the, talk to me at the counter every single day, right? And when you have people that come to the counter and see your face, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're going to notice it. And so a lot of people would, would either not look at me, okay? Like, you know, you see someone who's disfigured, um, you know, they look at the ground. So they would talk to you like this. Or they would do something like, they'd be like, bro, what the fuck happened to your face? Like that. It was one of two extremes. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you're 23, man, and like you don't, you know, I didn't have much confidence anyway at that time because I hadn't developed it yet. So, I mean, I, I, in my mind, you know, my life was over and, uh, I went through real bad depression, um, like real bad suicidal, like legit suicidal depression. I, I didn't want to live. Um, and that went on for, for a long time. And then, uh, and, and then one day I was, you know, um, walking through the grocery store and I had my head down and I was pushing the cart. And I came to the end of an aisle where the, uh, <clears throat> you know, you come to the end of an aisle and, and I bumped carts with this person and I looked at the, at the person and the reason I say a person is because I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman because their face had been completely burned off. If you've ever seen someone who's been, you know, blown up or yeah. totally burned, she had two little holes where her nose was. But I mean, the rest of her face was gone. Ears were gone. I mean, it was completely burned. And uh, I bumped into her cart and I looked at her and she was wearing like a little hat, like a 
like a Paddington Bear style, like bucket hat type thing. And she she looked at me and I looked at her and she goes, dude, what the fuck happened to your face? And like, we both bust out laughing because yeah. like she, she knew and I knew what she was talking about yeah. and I knew like we had an instant connection. So like, you know, cause she had been, and what, what her, it was, a, it was a woman and her story was she had been in a plane crash and her whole family, it was a small plane crash and her whole family had been killed and she had been burned her whole entire body and then one of her legs amputated. And uh, we talked for probably 10, 15 minutes and, and you know, that conversation, man, probably for sure saved my life. Um, I walked out of the store, you know, feeling like an idiot. Like feeling like, God, dude, you're, you're, you're kind of a bitch. Like you're sitting here feeling bad about, you know, a couple cuts on your face and the fact that people don't want to talk to you sometimes and here's this woman who lost her whole family, lost everything, had it way worse than you, and she's 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 doing good, yeah. and she's making good in the world, and that that clicked for me right away. Like it almost, I would say, I felt eighty percent better that day, you know. And uh, and so what I did was I started to look for positives in the situation, and one of the biggest positives that that I had in that situation was that people remembered me now. So before, when we were trying to grow our business the first three years, you know, we would go to these trade shows or go network and, you know, people, we, nobody remembered us because we were just one little bitty store and two guys, you know, we were nobody and not memorable by any means. And then it went from, you know, hey, you know, uh, you know, those guys, Chris and Andy, they own Supplement Superstore, you know, and people would be like, no, nah, you know, who, who? So all of a sudden it went to, hey, you know, Chris and Andy, they own Supplement Superstore. And the people would be like, ah, no, I don't. Yeah, 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 you know him. The dude with the, with the scars on his face. And bro, that was like one of the best things that happened to me in business. Because all of a sudden, everybody started remembering me. And I figured it out right away. So I went from like, okay, this ruined my life to, okay, how can I use this to get where I need to go? Yeah. And that was a big change for me. And whenever, I, whenever that clicked for me and I started seeing that, it really kind of changed everything because now I knew, all right, it's not what happens to me. It's how I use it to get where I need to go regardless. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so uh, that, that – now when you get a, a, a disfigurement injury, it, you never like get over it. It's never like, oh, I'm over it. Um, but I would say – that scenario uh, really made it much easier and much, I understood how to use it in a productive way. And, uh, and, and you know, I would say it's probably the most impactful conversation I probably ever had with a single human. Yeah. No, I'm kind of, you know, like the fact that my, I still can't smile correctly sometimes. Like I have to only take, if you ever notice, I usually only take pictures from this side of my face. Um, but like other than that, I don't really think about it. And I certainly don't notice it when I look in the mirror. The only time that I really notice is when I got to shave because I have to like pull this tighter to get in there because like it's just like weird shit like that. But yeah. I mean, to now it's like, it's a part of my brand. So it's like not something I would, I would even fix. Like you said
Yeah, and we were making zero dollars. So we were working other jobs just to keep our store open at that time. And then uh, the next, so the first three years we didn't make any money. The next uh, seven years, up until year 10, we made $695 per month. Now, so that means for the first 10 years I was in business, and this is something that all of you guys should keep in mind that are listening, I made $58,380 or something like that for the whole 10 years, not per year, not per month, not per week. You know what I mean? We didn't have all these awesome um, tools that you and I have access to with social media yeah. or all the cool technology that we have now to where you can turn on, a, you can turn some income on pretty fast. Um, it was very, very different. It was a different era. But again, I'm thankful that I went through that because now I can operate under the idea of that era with the technology, which gives me a huge advantage over guys who always had the technology. Um, nothing. I think it's, I, I think the biggest thing for me as like a leader is, uh, is, is, is having an understanding for the mentality difference. Um, you know, back then there was no quick money. Like it didn't exist. You know, now, you know, like you mentioned, we were talking before everything you see online is about quick money. So, and is there quick money? Sure. There's quick money. You could turn on an income stream and you could do this, but if that's the way you're going to go, you're going to have to work for that and chase that dollar every single time. I like to be involved with building brands. That's where I like to, to go in my business because I, you know, I don't want to be chasing that lead every single day. Um, some guys are okay with that, and that's fine too. I'm not knocking anybody's hustle, but uh, I think the main thing is understanding the mentality difference and also understanding that with millennials, a lot of people say the millennials are like lazy. It's not that at all. Like my whole company, you'll see, uh, is all millennials. They're, and dude, we kick ass. They all work really hard. Yeah. It's not that they're lazy at all. What it is, is that there's a generational understanding difference between, let's say, guys that grew up in that era pre-social and that than the ones who grew up only with social and the internet and all those things. And what it is, is it, there's a lack of patience. So for me, when I grew up, you know, if I wanted to play with my friends, I had to call her house and say, hey, Mrs. Stevenson, is Tommy home? Oh, he's not home. Okay, well, have him call me back. And there was like, yeah, I yeah right? Yeah. So like, uh, if I wanted to eat food, I couldn't just hit something on my phone and food shows up. Yeah. Like, so we have this scenario now and, and we can't blame culture for it. It's just the technology has created a scenario where people don't have to have patience. So if we built a, a system that requires zero patience, how can we expect anybody to have it? And that's, that's really the understanding, I think, that most um, CEOs, when they say millennials are lazy, what they're really saying is uh, they don't have patience because it's not the laziness, i found. It's that you have to constantly explain to them that things take time, that things take uh, time. Time is, a, is a part of an equation that you cannot eliminate, yeah. right? And the way I like to explain this to business guys is like they say, well, I want my business, you know, to go crazy. 
Well, of course. So they go out and buy a Super Bowl ad, right? Well, Super Bowl ad, it doesn't allow for the time aspect to play its part. It's just a one-stop, one huge, huge play into the attention market, and then it's forgotten about. You know, if you want to consistently gain ground inside of a per person's brain, it has to be over time. Yeah. So time is just a natural part of the business process, as you know. Yeah. And we have to we have to respect it just like we have to respect all the other parts, like hard work. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, things like that. So I think I think it's really just a misunderstanding on generational. I I don't think there's anybody in millennial ranges that's I don't think there's more people in millennials that are lazier than, or more lazy people that are millennials than, than there would be the generations before. I think yeah. it's just a patience. But you know thing. what I think? Well, the biggest thing, yeah, I mean, we have we have uh, team meetings with all of the companies that we're involved in once a month. We have uh, every company has its own meeting once a week. Um, so I mean, there's regular FaceTime for sure, and you know, in that FaceTime, I try to balance the discussion between tactical strategies and also uh, abstract mentality lessons. You know what I mean? That we need to combine both together. But uh, really, man, to keep people engaged, it's as simple as keeping them on track with the core values. Um, the personality of our companies is, is defined very clearly, and people know what it takes to be here, and they check themselves, and they're taught to self-regulate that consistently. So we don't really, I, I wouldn't say like, it's not a game of just motivating people. It's, it's, you know, it's always nice to hear something that's motivating, right? Yeah. But it's more a game of teaching them how to become more accountable to themselves so that they can motivate themselves, right? Yeah. Uh, because, dude, if you can't teach someone to motivate themselves, they're only going to be so effective. And as you know, you know, having employees and managing people, you know, that gets tiring, man. Yeah. It's exhausting and draining. So I feel like the better solution them from it all to come from me or a couple of our top executives is that we teach them how to do it themselves, you know, which is a longer process, but it's also a, a better process long term. Uh, bro, I try to do nothing. Yeah. Like I try to do absolutely nothing. Like if I have to do shit, I get pissed off. Okay. So like that's, but that's a testament to the systems that we try to create because I want my time free so that I can work on this company and this company and this company and this company and this company. If I have to get in and actually run the company at this point, that takes away from everybody. Right. So what I try to do is I, I manage, I put key people in charge of each company that we have. And then, you know, I spend a little bit of time with each one and I let them have it. And what that does is create a, a good autonomous relationship to where they feel great about their existence because they're very valuable, you know, and I pay them accordingly, of course. Yeah.
Like if I still see little stuff, like uh, if I see someone slipping or if I see someone not, you know, disciplined where they need to be, yeah. I have no problem mentioning it at any time. But that's but the, the cool thing is is that's a 360 degree relationship that we have. Like if someone sees me slipping, they'll say they'll say it to me. So like we all we have a, a culture of accountability here that is not just downward; it's downward and upward, right. and and so that creates an awesome family environment, right? Like we te- it's kind of like we tease each other about being off our game. It's not like hey, hey dude, you know you're slipping and you suck. It's it's more like hey bro, you left your chair out, man. Would you have? It is like that, but it's not in one company. So I am very, very involved, but man, I'm a strategy guy and I'm a systems guy and, and, and I'm a culture guy. So, and I know that if I have those three things in place, the rest of the shit will work itself out. Yeah. So what my job is, is to get those things into all of our companies and help their, those CEOs. So basically what I do now is run a bunch of other CEOs. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm teaching these guys how to all run our companies. And so that gives me, you know, and that's what I like to do, bro. Like, I like that. Yeah. Like, I would like, my best time it would be like me and you sitting down and talking strategy and like, okay, right. let's do this and that and this. You know, the, the, the big picture, the chess game. I love that. Yeah. Um, worried about whether or not someone, you know, filled out their expense report properly. I don't give a shit. You know, that's not, that's not a problem that I should even be thinking about. That's something else. So I try to really focus my energy on where I'm good. Um, and I let the knickknack stuff be delegated out to to the the team below me. Now, obviously that takes years to develop. Like a lot of people watching, they're like, fuck dude, I'm 20 years away from that. Yeah, you might be, but that's the goal you should be working towards. Because if you don't work towards that goal, one, uh, your people will constantly leave, all right? Because, dude, no matter how good you are, how great of a CEO you are, or how much people like you, people want your job. You know what I'm saying? They want to be the boss. They want, and, and they don't want to be bottlenecked by you. So what I try to do is create scenarios where Right? Like, we got Gary Vee. Yeah. Like, and I love Gary. He's Gary, like, dude, I love Gary. But we got Gary Vee, bro. You know what I'm saying? We got, we got, uh, we got Ty Lopez's. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We got people out there who are entrepreneurs doing shit. Yeah. And everybody thinks it's cool. You know, when I was a kid, entrepreneurship was not cool. Yeah. Gary and I talk about this a lot. Like, dude, when you were an entrepreneur in, in the, in the, early 2000s, you were a fucking loser. Like you were the guy who didn't go to college, who didn't get a job, who didn't do what you're supposed to do. 
and everybody laughed at you. Now it's like, dude, I put entrepreneur in my Instagram bio. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Like, you know, like it's a different thing. So it's just gotten cool. And so, um, you know, that's the difference. I'm glad it has gotten cool because it is cool. Yeah. But it also draws in people for the wrong reasons. And they think, you know, like, dude, you, you know what it is. Like, you have cars and stuff. And you, I know how hard you work for that shit. Yeah. I have the same thing. And so people see that and they see that life and they see this building and they see our houses and our cars and yeah, our success yeah, yeah. and our watches and this and that and all the shit that we had to work really hard for. Right, right. And they, they want that. But, but they don't want the shit that it takes to get there, you know? There's a whole bunch of them when you walk through this building. I yeah, dude, I totally agree with that. You know, statistically speaking, <clears throat> seven to eight percent of the actual population are operating entrepreneurs. So that means statistically, most people watching right now are not. That's just the truth, yeah. okay? There, and, and that's the danger of what's happened. I wanna speak very carefully about this because I don't want people to get discouraged right. who are maybe on that line, right? Because you, no matter who you are, you can be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I, I, I talk to all the young, the young, I call them the young bucks, but yeah. you know, and that goes for the women too. Um, but dude, this shit's scary. It's a scary journey to say, Hey, I'm going to go do something that nobody else in my family approves of. Nobody believes in. I mean, dude, that's a lonely thing to do. So like I try I take it, I take the responsibility seriously. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to let the statistics scare anybody. But that is the statistics. And if you want to be in that 7 or 8%, you can be. But you just have to be mindful of what it really takes. And it, it, it's going to take twice. Dude, it will take twice to three times as much time as you think it will. And that much more effort, too. Um, and whatever you're thinking, no, dude, I, I get it, man. I know how much it worked. No, three times that, at least. You know, uh, it's going to take three years. No, it's going to take nine. Yeah. That's just reality. But, and this is the huge, this is the huge asterisk to that. 
There's no other career that you can have, whether it be politician or athlete or uh, actor or entertainer or singer or whatever that you can do for your whole entire life and get paid like that. You know what I mean? So it's worth the investment up front, in my opinion, if you consider the lifelong window of it, right? So, so you know, in the beginning, you're, you're an amateur. You're going to get paid like an amateur. But when you get that first five to 10 years in, you're going to be a professional. And when you get that 20 years in, you're a Hall of Famer. And right. you're going to get paid like right. that. You know? And so that's the cool thing. You know, now I'm, I'm, you know, still very young. And I'm making as much money as the highest paid athlete in the world every single year. You know? And I can do that for the rest of my life if I keep working. You know what I mean? And so the young... The young people listening to this, when I say young, I mean young in the entrepreneur journey. Yeah. Understand that's just the way it goes. You know, the first, nobody steps up to the plate and, and hits a grand slam every single time. It just doesn't happen. Um, people will tell you that it does. Yeah. And you can go to a lot of events. You know, you, you have a great event. Uh, and there's a, there's a few other great events. Yeah. But there's a lot of shitty events where you're right. going to get up there yeah. and people are going to tell you how much money they made in the last month. By buying whatever it is they're selling, and that's right, bullshit. Right, right. Yeah. So it's it's really, man, if you're a young entrepreneur and you really are, are dedicated, understand this is a lifelong journey. It's not about getting to 40 years old and putting your feet up on the beach drinking a corona. That's not what it's about. You'll have plenty of that along the way. You know, you don't want to do that forever anyway. Like that's right. fucking boring yeah. after a week. Oh, yeah. You know, so so my advice is just to understand the long game and be in for the long game. Yeah. Commit for the long game. Once you commit for the long game, 20 years doesn't seem that big of a deal. 10 years is definitely not a big deal. Right. You know, and you know, what would you do for 10 years to, to make $3 million a year? That's the only peace of mind I have. Right. Yeah, like, dude, forever, this is a cool thing, too. So I struggle with that mentally, like, a lot, and a lot of entrepreneurs do, too. They're scared. Like, we, we as entrepreneurs, we run scared, right? Like, uh, here in Missouri, you know, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, like, when you take the trash down at 11 o'clock at night and you hear some shit in the bushes, you don't know what the <laughs> fuck it is. So when you when you go back up to the house, you run as fast as you can, dude, because you're like, man, was that a mountain lion? What, what the fuck was that? So that's how we run as entrepreneurs. We're running scared, which means we're running fast. And dude, that'll drive you crazy. And it did me for a long time. But once I got to a point, I would say where I was 15, 16 years in, and I started to realize, like, damn, dude, I actually do know this shit. Then it gave me peace. Now I have peace. I'm not worried about losing anything anymore. Right. Like, because I know that I understand. And I have great relationships. Like, I can call people and say, hey, uh, guess what? I just lost everything. I need you to loan me 10 million bucks. And, and it would happen. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. even be a thing. Yeah. So that's, when you get to that place, it's a really cool feeling because now you're secure, not just because of the finances, but yeah. because of what you know.
first of all, relationships are super important. Um, and I think it's very important to align yourself with people who are, uh, and I'm very particular about who I have relationships with. And I'm kind of known for that in, in the entrepreneur space. Like I don't fuck with everybody. And the reason I don't is because I, I feel like it's important to, to align yourself with people um, who, who are good people. Right. Because, dude, we're going to be doing this for a long time, right? We're going to be doing this for the next 40 years, hopefully, 50 years. So I want to align with people who are going to be there that whole time. Um, so that, I think that's super important. But I think a lot of people, you know, when they lose relationships, I think it's because their ego gets real big. And, you know, they get... Uh, they get, you know, maybe a little too cocky about what they're doing and, and, uh, and how things are going for them. They think they don't need anybody, but that's not what a relationship's about. It's not about what you need. It's about what you can help with and what you can give. Yeah. And the more you give, the more you get. Right. 100%. Yeah. So I think, I think the relationship thing, I think a lot of people see it under the wrong perspective. They see it as, especially when you're younger, right? Like, oh, dude, I'm like, you know, I get this a lot. I'm going to get on any of these podcasts and he's, it's going to make me. No, it is not. Like, is it going to get you some attention? Sure. But it's not going to make you. You know what I mean? There's no one thing we're going to do that's going to make us. Yeah. It's it's going out and working and getting to know people who are out there, you know, like Ed or like myself or like Bradley, like the guys that, we, that we're all right. mutually friends right. with. Right. And, you know, spending quality time and saying, hey, Albert, what's up, bro? How's things going? This, that. You know, and then maybe 10 years from now, maybe, maybe. I need something from you, yeah. and, it, and you happen to be there. Right. Maybe ten years from now, you need something from me. Yeah. Who knows? But the truth is, you want to be surrounded by people who are willing to help you get lifted up, not in competition with you or trying to like like this false ego competition on the online. It's just it's not for me. You know what I mean? It's very interesting because you were telling. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's it. Like, I'm an operator, man. Uh, my, my money doesn't come from being a social media personality. And I found myself doing so much, it, so much of that to where it got to a point where I wasn't enjoying it at all. And I was realizing, like, it was actually taking away from what actually does make me money. And so, you know, when I get to a point where I want to do it again, I'll do it. Yeah, I see that too. Yeah, and I don't. I, I actually believe that those people who feel that way or they create a self fulfilling prophecy almost. Because I'm a big believer in the universe, dude, and the law of attraction, good energy, um, quantum physics, and, and your intent. And I feel like when you don't have, and a lot of people talk about uh, the abundance mentality, right? Yeah. I think that's a real thing. I think when you truly and it's not what you say, because if you ask, I know exactly the guys you're talking about. Yeah. If you ask any of those guys, they'll say, no, 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 Albert, I want the best for you. I want the best. <laughs> but you know that's not what's in their heart. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. right, exactly. So I'm a big believer that it's about the intent, not just what you say. Yeah. And there's very few people out there that have the intent of wanting you to win and say it.
he is. And he's a very caring man, uh, genuinely. I mean, dude, he's probably my best friend, you know, yeah. outside of these walls, he's probably my best friend. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, uh, he cares. It's real. Yeah. It's not fake, yeah. you know? And, uh, I feel like those guys keep winning and I feel like eventually the people who just say it, but don't mean it, they eventually hit big snacks and they get caught, you yeah. know, the distance, look, man, the truth always comes out. That's the reality. You know, if you're, if you're a shit bag, eventually people are going to find out you're right. a shit bag. Right. If you're a good dude, even if people think you're a shitbag right now, they're going to find out you're a good dude, you know? And so I think it's just important. I know for me, man, when I was younger in business, I wasn't always like I am now at all. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I fucking hated people that competed with me. Like, dude, like the level of hate, like if I told you, if I said it publicly, it would be embarrassing for me now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to fucking burn their houses down. Yeah. And I get that. And I get that feeling. But when I left that shit behind, okay, and I decided, okay, it's okay to compete with people, but that doesn't mean you have to hate them. Right. You can still want them to win because if they're winning, you can learn from them, Yeah. right? And that's how I started to see it. I started to learn from that. So I had like, this is back before First Form when I just had retail stores and I would see other retail stores open and I'm like, oh, fuck these guys. We're going to bury them. Oh, oh. And like, dude, that works, right? Like it gets your team fired up. Yeah. It gets everybody fired up. But what happens when you do actually beat them all? What do you, what, how do you motivate your team? And I learned that lesson real hard. So we, we got to a situation where like I literally sort of exterminated all the competition because we were aggressive. Like, yeah. And not talking shit. Like it was always just be better. Like, you know, if you really want to beat your competition, talking shit on them is one of the worst things you can do. Yeah. So we just went out and we, we worked to be better. And then eventually we found ourselves in a spot where there was no other people to compete with. And I didn't know how to motivate my team past that point. And dude, the la the next three years after that, we went down in sales every right. three years because I couldn't, that was the only, that was my one trick I had. Right. So then I had to figure out, well, how do you motivate people when you're the best at what you do? You know, because in our little area, we were the best. And I figured out, man, uh, that, you know, that's not the best way. Yeah, because yeah. if you get to that point and you don't have any more material, everybody gets lazy. And what I started to figure out is um, the, the, the true way to motivate people is to teach them to compete with themselves, with themselves on a daily basis. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, you know, here's your numbers from this week. Or from last week. Here's your numbers from this week. How much better did you get? What did you do to get better? And we took the competition from an externalized uh, place to an internalized place. Love it. Yeah, dude. And if you go through this office and you ask anybody who our competitors are, I, I don't fucking think that they would even know. Like people are very, they're alarmed almost how much I don't know about what everybody else is doing. Yeah. You know, because I'm not concerned with it. I'm concerned. Are you big on metrics tracking? Oh yeah, for sure. You know what? What? Uh, what gets what gets measured gets managed. You know what I'm saying. Right. So like we, whatever I show, whatever I think everybody should be. You know you have to know your numbers, man. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't really compare them to other people. Now sometimes I do. Sometimes I compare my myself to other companies, um, but I don't do it publicly.
Yeah, for sure, dude. Like, I mean, we our culture is like a family, like legitimate family. We fell out Yeah, dude, we're here every day. And like, if you came here at 11 o'clock tonight, there'll be people here. I don't make them be here, they're here. You know what I mean? Uh, what was that? Sunday, I had people over, you know, I just sent a text out on my phone. I said, watch the Indy 500 in the pool. And I, you know, nobody replied, but like 15 people showed up. You know what I mean? Because yeah. th that's how we are. It's not like a, yeah, okay, I'm going to the, the owner's house and we're going to have this, you know, I've got to bring a fruit plate and all this shit. No, man, we're fucking homies. Like, yeah. just show up. And if you don't come, not mad at you. It's just real laid back and casual like that. Yeah. And that's kind of the vibe of how we operate here all together. Like there's, we have lots of good friends. Uh, you know, in fact, there's a guy right now. Actually, one of my meetings today before this before this meeting yeah. was uh, working with a guy who worked with me for ten years to help him build his company. Wow! So he's doing a, a uh, something unrelated to what we're doing, and you know, I'm helping him, and I'm going to invest in his company, and you know, so yeah, I mean, for sure. But yeah, I think a lot of it, Albert, honestly, has to do with just time. You know, I'm here every day, all day. Mm -hmm. uh, I like being here. Um, I think our people like being here. So it's, you know, it's a natural organic type thing. Um, you know, and then when people come in out from out of town, like every year I have a birthday or we have a couple events where my buddies from out of town will come in yeah. and they all seem to mesh pretty good with everybody here. Dude, it's just real chill, man. Like it's- I think the gym makes it big, a big- Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm building my own gym, you think that's a good idea in my Fuck house? Yeah. yeah, dude, I'll tell you why. Because nothing bonds people like doing hard work together. You know what I'm saying? When right. you think about great teams and you think about like um, great organizations, okay, where there's great culture, I mean, what do we think of? We think of sports teams, okay, uh, college athletics, um, the military, all right? All of these things have in common the same aspect of physical suffering together. And I think if you can get, uh, I'm a huge believer in that. Yeah. We do team workouts here every week. Uh, we're, you know, it's me, it's everybody. And like, dude, it's, it's humbling because, you know, those guys get to see me suck because there's a <laughs> lot of these guys here that are, and they're better at certain things than me, a lot yeah. better. Um, everybody gets to show off their strengths and everybody gets to see each other's weaknesses. You know, and it's good. It's good for culture. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the, the analogy I use uh, would be like, if we had a big pile of rocks, right? Yeah. Sitting right here. And, uh, there's me, you, and and DJ, who's off camera. You know, you and I start shoveling the rocks, right? We're working hard. Well, whether he joins and helps us or just goes off on his own is really going to determine what we think of him. Yeah. Right. Like we're when he joins in, we're going to say, all right, now we're all we're all together. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if he walks off and goes and you know twirls his thumbs while we do the work. What's our conversation like? It's like, uh, he's not one of us, yeah. you know, we're, we're, it's us. Yeah. And so that bond, I think, you know, through the physical pain it, it is very valuable. I, I think.
Dude, that's the same story happened to me. Bro, that happened to me when I was eight years old. The same fucking thing. With a fucking Lamborghini, though. Tell me about it. Yeah. So, dude, we were at a gas station. Exact same thing, dude. Yeah. I was eight years old. That's so weird. I didn't know that about you. Dude, right? I have videos. Uh, yeah. Like so, so I didn't know this yeah. story. And yeah. I know I know we're both car guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we both love cars. But I didn't know that. That's crazy. That's So, so you'll probably meet my dad. My dad's here somewhere. Um, when I was eight years old, bro, we pulled up to a gas station. There was a white Lamborghini Countach. And I, had, I, I was like, oh, dude. You know, like little kids are when yeah. I see that. It's like a spaceship. Yeah. And I was like, dad, why don't you have one of those? And he's like, well, you know, they're very expensive and I'm not in that place yeah. yet. And I'm like, well, dad, I want one of those. He's yeah. like, all right, well, you got to make a lot of money. And I said, okay, well, what do I got to do to that? And he's like, you got to work really hard. And he, that's where it started for me. Yeah. It started for me with a fucking car, just like you. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Dude. I totally get it. I totally get it. It's like manifesting your own your own shit. Right. Yeah, bro. Right. I'm a huge believer in that. Hundred yeah. percent. That's awesome. I knew, like, I knew, like, look, man, so the car thing for me, like, a lot of people don't get the car thing, as you know. Yeah. They think it's about flexing and about showing off and shit. No, it isn't. It's in your blood that you cannot, you, it's the most motivating thing I've ever had. It means a lot to me, by the way. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. And it still does. Like, I never get tired of it. And, uh, dude, I, I think you either get that or you don't, but everybody has a car in their mind like maybe it's a property or maybe it's helping your family or maybe it's this or maybe it's that but for me like you it just happened to be the car thing and uh dude i i was doing the same thing like when i when after that happened the next thing i was doing was selling baseball cards you know selling kool-aid uh doing uh, snow cones, uh, selling defective light bulb packs, like through door to door, like all, ev- fucking everything, yeah. you know? And uh, dude, through high school, you know, dude, I had a problem in school. It wasn't because I was not intelligent. It was cause like, I looked at what the teachers drove and I'm like, I'm not fucking driving that. I'm not listening to you, <laughs> you know? And that was like some of my, that was some of my immaturity, not understanding at that point in time, yeah. like we spoke about today, that you can learn from people that may not necessarily be where you want to be. Oh, yeah. And you can learn a lot from those people. And uh, I didn't, you know, I was real cocky. You know, I thought, my God, fuck you, I'm driving a Lamborghini when yeah. I grow up. Right. You know, so like, that's what I thought as a kid. So I never paid attention to school, yeah. you know what I mean? But uh, but yeah, yeah, man, that's, you know.
Well, oh, uh, back in 99? Yeah, like when oh, So yeah, so we had $12,000 um, between the two of us that we got. Our buddy owned a, a parking lot striping business and we helped him out. So, and he paid us like 20 bucks an hour to do it because it's really hard work. You push a 400 pound striper across the asphalt all day in the heat. Yeah. It's hard. So he paid us well and um, we were able to save up a little money. And to us back then, $12,000 was like a billion dollars. Uh, but when we went to open our first store, we couldn't get a lease because we didn't have any credit. So we had to actually put up the $12,000, which was a year's rent, uh, because back then our, the, the rent for the place we were going to get was $1,000 a month. Right. So we had to give up the whole $12,000 just to even have a location. And then to build it out, we went and got a bunch of credit cards and financed it all through credit cards. And that's how we started, dude. Like, it's fucking... As humble of a beginning yeah. as you can believe. I mean, we lived in the back of the first store for on and off for three wow. years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we've. I mean, we're we're growing like crazy. I mean, that's why we had to build this building. Yeah. Because we're just we're we're growing and growing and growing. But my my goal is not to be the best uh, nutrition company. You know, my goal is to be the best company. <laughs> like, so the, the goal for where we are to where I want to be. I mean, we're still on day day yeah, two. You're, you're yeah. Right. right. Exactly. And it, and that's good because it keeps everybody hungry. It keeps me focused. You know, a lot of people think. Cause I, I do have, you know, I've, I've been blessed, man. Uh, I've, I've got an awesome life. I have, uh, you know, all the things, all the cool things I have. Yeah. And, um, but I realize also that, that that really ain't shit. You know, that's not what, I mean, yeah. If I compare myself to who, you know, some dude on Instagram, I mean, yeah, I'm kicking everybody's ass. But right. if I compare myself to Bezos, I'm a fucking joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, it depends on where you compare yourself. Right. And, and I, I set my sights very high for where we're missing yeah. you, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to come back with the content, yeah. you know, I've, uh, I got a couple plans, you know, I'm gonna come back with some good motivation content. My studio just got done um, for the podcast. So we're gonna take it to YouTube uh, 100%. Um, so every show will be full, fully cut for YouTube yeah. as well. Um, we're gonna get to a point where we're doing a show a day. There's a lot of cool things coming up. And a lot of people who are, you know, they're like, fuck dude, I miss your Instagram post. I promise when I come back, yeah. you're not gonna, you're gonna be tired of seeing me. So. Uh, but dude, I, it really means a lot, man. Yeah. And it goes both ways too. Yeah. Like it's cool seeing you kick ass. Uh, and and you know, dude, I I 
love seeing people win. Dude. Yeah. Like, cause I know what it, I know what it takes. Yeah. You know, dude, I think that's a big difference too. You know, when someone who's really successful, most of the guys who are truly successful completely root for the other guys. Right. Like, I don't know anybody who I would consider truly successful financially who who's a hater. Not one. Now I know guys who pretend to be successful and who have a really good smoke and mirror show who hate. Right. But I, I don't, I've not seen it, you know, I, and I've been around a lot of very, very, like, very high net worth people. Yeah. Bro, they root for people like guys like us, man, you know, and they're very open with the information. It's a very different level, I think, than, because you're right, it is competitive. There's a competitiveness there. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's not malicious intent. It's yeah. like, all right, dude, I want to win, yeah. but Albert's winning too, but that's cool. You know, so, cause, right. you know, we look at it different. We look at it like, okay, if you did that, then I could do that too. Yeah. And vice versa. And like, it's cool because when you get to that, the, when we were, um, I would say like between 18 and, and 50 million, 20 to, 20 to 50 million, um, it was more like, the hater competition, right? Like there's a lot of that, you know, nobody wants to help each other. Nobody wants like, but when you get above that and you get to that, that true level of like when you're in nine figure growth and, and dude, everybody that's above that level from my experience have been extremely right. Like yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. And so I truly believe that to even get to that level, you have to come with the right intent for the universe, right? Yeah. Because the universe, when you tell the universe, like, you're, this is why I'm so strong on intent. Like, if I were to look at you, and let's just say, dude, you're doing a billion dollars a year. Mm -hmm. And I look at Albert, I say, Albert's younger than me. He's doing a billion dollars. Fuck Albert. Mm -hmm. All right? What I'm telling the universe is, I hate that kind of success. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what does the universe give me? Not that. Because I hate it. So I feel like the reason the people at this level are so, like, I, I think it actually, the reason they get to that level is because they're not right. those people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, maybe I'm wrong, but that's my theory. I you know? totally agree with you. And, yeah. and
saw that dude that bought that bought the two thousand. Be like, hey man, you got any friends? <laughs> In the beginning. Yeah, no, I, I remember, dude. I remember you. I remember. I, I watched that loosely yeah. sort of materialize. Yeah. You guys have done good with that. Yeah, thanks, bro. I mean, I, I listen. I think it's awesome what you're doing, and and, and I'm totally in, in line with that. I I, I feel the same. The, my biggest drive comes from me, which, by the way, that whole story is fucking awesome. I love it. I'll tell you a similar story in just a second. The, I'm gonna miss a little bit of my meeting, but I don't care because it's worth telling the story. But <laughs> just, just yeah. we'll, we'll cut off whenever you want. Yeah, oh, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm having fun, dude. This is cool. So the uh, the. First of all, getting told that you're not good enough is probably one of the best things that can ever happen. Right, right. So let me share a story about that real quick. So when I when we started Supplement Superstores, our first brand, our first retail store, I asked a guy. There was a guy who had a number of stores uh, here through throughout St. Louis, mm -hmm. and I asked him for a job, and he said no, he wouldn't hire me. Okay, so this is so weird, dude. So. I told Chris, I said, well, fuck, I said, let's just start our own fucking store. Yeah. You know, if he could do this, we could do this. This guy wouldn't give me a fucking job. So, <laughs> so remember those little yellow cameras? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, you yeah. had to like snap and mm -hmm. then take them into Walgreens mm -hmm. and then yeah. get them developed. So like, dude, I didn't know anything about sports nutrition at all or, or anything. Like, and I could see why he didn't hire me. Like I didn't know anything. I just like to lift weights. <laughs> So I went into his, I went to his store and I took that camera and I went in and took pictures of all the shelves and like his, his like little price list. Yeah. And I like took it and like held it over the price list and took pictures and I took them to Walgreens and got them developed. That's how we got the information to start our own first store. Cause like I didn't know shit. Yeah. So we just carried all the same stuff that he had on his shelf and then Matt and sold it for the same price he sold it for, yeah. just three hours away in a different city. That's how we started our business, bro. The same way you started Driven. Yeah. Like we, I was told like, no, you're not doing it. And I'm like, no, I'm still gonna do it. You know, and I went and did it on my own. Yeah. But uh, the thing with that, uh, <laughs> it, it's just funny, because you sit here talking, we have so many similarities and parallels about what we did.
yeah, that was cool. I like what you said too about the Latino community because I feel the same obligation, you know, uh, for, for for all the all the people because I don't I truly like I'm, I'm I understand that after 22 years in business, yeah, I've developed some skills that other people don't have. I understand that, and I understand that I'm great at some things that's that a lot of entrepreneurs don't even understand at all. It didn't come naturally, and I wasn't born with it, and it wasn't something that I was given. And so what I try to do, the same thing that you do with the Latino community, is I try to just get people to understand, like, look, man, this isn't about superpowers or born to do this or meant to be this or this or that or this. This is about fucking grit. This is about perseverance. This is about making up your mind that you are going to do this no matter what happens, no matter who tells you no, no matter who won't hire you, no matter who won't let you speak at their event, right. it doesn't fucking matter. What matters is, is that you're going to make it happen regardless. And that's what this is about. That's what all of this is about. Everybody watching and everybody listening, if you could just push all the other ideas of what you think it's about out of your brain and understand that it's literally an equation of math. It's your inputs that create outputs combined with your time. Right. And that's it. You know, and if you if you continue to put the inputs in and you're patient and you put them all in, eventually things are going to happen. And it, yeah. there's a lag time to it, right? The first three or four years, you might, you know, now with technology, you might hit a few things and make you some money. But traditionally in history, those first three or four years, they fucking suck. Right. And everybody makes fun of you and your family makes fun of you. Dude, I was telling DJ today we were doing cardio 11 years ago. 10 years ago, I was writing a Facebook stat, and this is my memory, okay? And I guarantee you have a good memory too. I have a great memory. Like I remember all the motherfuckers that talk shit. Right. I had a guy who I'm related to where I wrote a motivational status, and this this man is this is a this is a person who it's my one of my uncles, okay? I'm just gonna say that. Who wrote in my comment section on Facebook, well, who who the fuck do you think you are? You're not Tony Robbins. Well, I don't know. Here we are 10 years later, motherfucker, and I'm the 14th best speaker in the fucking planet. Tony Robbins is number two or three, but I'm getting there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So fuck you. And that, I still think about it. I was just, I was talking about it today, bro, before this show. Yeah. Was I not? I was talking about it today. That's how much it sticks with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember all of that shit and I use it. Now, I don't hold it against him. Like, when I see him now and he says he's proud and shit, which he does, I don't think like, hey, fuck you, you know, I think, I mean, I kind of do on the inside, but, like, <laughs> yeah. but, but what I really think is, you know, thank you for, for doubting me, thank you for giving me that, yeah. because there were so many times that I wanted to stop, and so many times I wanted to quit, and so many times I would have quit had he not said that, Right. you know what I mean, and, yeah, and so I continue to work and get better, dude, my first time speaking, I, I, I was... Like I had notes, dude, and this was with 12 people. And I was like, dude, couldn't like, you know, sh shaking from being so nervous, yeah. you know? And fuck, I'm not, uh, it, it's just doing it, man. Right. We just gotta keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And that, that's, I love what you said about your community because dude, there is stereotypes amongst uh, classes of people, not even just racial stereotypes, but just in general, like, 
If you're a normal person, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, red, Asian. It doesn't matter. You're told that you can never get there unless you get lucky, unless you have rich parents, unless uh, something crazy, you win a lottery, right? That's not true. It's not true at all. Most of those people that, that you look at, those motherfuckers are just tough mentally. They're gritty. They get back up when they yeah. get punched, and that's it. Dude, I, listen, I think that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? It's all, dude, if you can't learn to take the negatives that happen to you and turn them into to tools that you can use to energize productive action, yeah. you're not going to win, yeah. right? Because we all have bad things that happen to us. We all have slights that happen to us. We all have things that are unfair yeah. that happen to us. Now what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You could choose to hang on to that. And, and, and let it stop you, which a lot of people do, man. I agree with that. Like a lot of people, they get punched in the mouth or they get slighted or they get, you know, discriminated against for whatever reason, whether it be their race or their uh, sexual orientation, or maybe they're just fat. Yeah. Like who fucking knows? Yeah. Like it's hard to be fat, you know? Um, and they stop and they say, well, dude, that's, I was just born this way and everybody else is, that's not true. Yeah. It's, it's not true. It's a cop out. The truth is you need to take whatever that is and you need to remember it because you're going to remember it regardless. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people say, oh, just forget about that shit. You don't forget about that yeah. stuff. Like you never, for I never forget about the people who all laughed at me. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. I never forget about the people who told me to get a real job. I never forget about the people that said, dude, do you still own that little vitamin shop 10 years into my business? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I never forget that shit, but I don't use it to stay bitter. I don't use it to stay mad. I use it to energize productive action and then also as a guideline of what not to be like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's why, you know, like we talked about a little bit ago, I am careful with how I say things. You know, a few years ago, I, 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 I was less careful and I, I, I started to realize that maybe I was discouraging people that, you know, were on the edge. You know what I mean? I didn't like that. It made me feel bad. Well, it is what it is, man. I mean, if you're not tough enough to handle a little bit of, of tough love, you're definitely not tough enough yeah. to, to make it in business. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes, you know, when you are on that edge, right? Like it, 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 
you don't need to hear that shit. You need yeah. to, you need to hear like, hey, bro, uh, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Hey, If you just go to andyfrisella.com, um, you'll kind of see all of my initiatives. Uh, I'm mostly on social, uh, I do Instagram and then podcasting. Uh, the podcast is Real AF. Uh, it's under the business category. That's where I do most of my, my in-depth entrepreneur content, life content. Right now, we're talking a lot about what's going on in society, but usually it's about success right. in business. Um, RTA Syndicate is a program that Ed and I developed, Ed Milet and I developed uh, back in 2017, um, really based off a conversation. We had not, him and I hadn't, we didn't know each other. We got introduced by a third party. Uh, he came in St. Louis to do my podcast. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. We hit it off. And we got to talking about the same thing that we're, we were talking about earlier, about how many entrepreneurs out there are uh, enamored by the glitz and the glamour, but don't understand the actual skills they need to have. And so what we did with Arate was we wanted to create a network of vetted entrepreneurs who we could all communicate with uh, and, and work with internally to help grow each other's business. So Arate Syndicate, it's cool. Uh, it's not open to everybody. You have to apply to get in. Um, but we take people at all levels, purposefully. We take people who are day one. We take people who are year 22. And we put them all together at, at, as an intentional, cohesive group to help everybody. And uh, dude, it's really cool to be a part of. It's really fun. Uh, it's a drama-free environment. It's not political. It's not, you know, social views. It's all business and it, it's very positive and uh, it, it's a great thing to be a part of, man. Yeah. And we're really proud of it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly, you know, if you want to follow along with what I do, I would say on Instagram stories, yeah. you know, and then on the podcast is what I do. Well, brother, it was yeah. a pleasure. Thank yeah. You. Hey, man. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah. Like, it means a lot. Thank you. Thank you.